So just to give you a heads up before you get into this episode, um, this recording was originally supposed to be um, kind of a uh, interview that was put like in the context of the larger episode six in Church Basics on like the worship of the church. So uh, I sit down here with Pastor Josh to talk about liturgy, um, and it ended up being uh, plenty long enough for its own episode and plenty helpful enough for its own episode. So this is going to be a bonus episode that is um, probably going to be released before uh, episode six of Church Basics, but I hope that it will be beneficial to you. I think it will uh, as we talk about um, what liturgy is and how it plays out in our church specifically. In fact, we go over the whole liturgy. So if you want to know more about why we do what we do, this will be a great episode for you. Hope you enjoy. So I'm here with Pastor Josh uh, to talk to us a bit about liturgy, but I thought we'd start with something just kind of fun, just uh, because as I was telling him, uh, the only other thing that this podcast has had is my corny jokes in an empty room. So I uh, want to have a little bit more fun than that. Uh, you don't which get is... to hear the laughter on the other end of the uh, uh, other end of the airwaves. Actually, I do. Um, it's the empty room. It's the silence. Um, you think that's probably what it sounds like when yeah. people are listening in their car? Yeah, just, just deadpan silence. staring at the pavement in front of them. Yeah. Um, so I, I just figured I'd ask you: uh, Have you had any uh, movie or TV show that you have uh, watched? Maybe just you, you and Lydia, uh, since the year started, that you just want to give a plug for, tell a little bit about. Sure. Um, Lydia and I watched a movie the other day that um, is sort of in that Downton Abbey, The Crown, you know, sort of uh, uh, BBC period piece category. Uh-huh. And I, it's it's a really interesting title, and so I'm trying to remember it. It was... Um, the something something and potato peel pie society. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. Hold and on. we really enjoyed it. The story is uh, compelling. It's sort of a uh, World War Two slash post World War Two um, look into this little community um, that's on an island off the coast of England in the English Channel, actually. And this this uh-huh. community had been through a whole lot because they had been occupied by the Germans in a way that the mainland of England never was. Yeah. And uh, and yet they were obviously a part of the of the British nation and so uh, the story really zeroes in on this one particular uh, group of people who come together in the midst of this and and also in the wake of all of the events that happen after the the Nazi occupation and they they sort of find solace with one another through this book club. Uh, right. They read and discuss uh, classic works, um, you know, of, of literature, and uh, and uh, and so really the story is about this this one prominent author uh, who goes to visit this community to potentially write about them. And she ends up, uh, you know, just uh, really sort of becoming inundated with them and um, and falling in love mm-hmm. with, you know, 
what they're all about and, and with their story. And uh, I'll leave yeah. it there. It's a, it's a really good, really good movie. Yeah, I looked it up. I had uh, forgotten the name too it's and i see why it's easy to forget the first part of the name uh the guernsey literary and potato peel society yeah the guernsey literary potato, potato peel, peel pie, pie society. society yeah that's and it the, the title makes sense uh within the first i don't know 15 20 minutes yeah. of the movie you understand um the, the what is it gurney is that the i mean guernsey guernsey there's that's a lot the, of vowels yeah, i don't know that's, how the name of that. the, that's the name of the island oh yeah that's right in the yeah. english channel and it, so um it reminded me of the Finer Things Club in the office. Yeah, there you go. Um, uh, just uh, <laughs> a more serious version of that. That's right. So, yeah, that, that's worth checking out. If you were a fan of um, Downton Abbey or if you liked The Crown or um, trying to think of another good example that people like Call the Midwife. I did not watch that, but Lydia loved it. So it's in that vein of, of types of shows. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, I recommend that. And then as far as TV shows, I mean, what else can I say? It's it's all about WandaVision right now. Yeah, that's uh you know. I don't need to sell anybody on WandaVision. Have you have you watched the other um Marvel movies before this though? Cuz it, you almost have to. I couldn't imagine the confusion that someone would have just going into that cold. Yeah, I you know, uh, I got I got so fatigued with Marvel yeah, and what they were asking of audiences, you know, uh, to connect all the dots between all of their uh-huh. films, which came out, you know, not in chronological order at all. And uh-huh. then you have to stay past the credits to get these little vignettes and yeah. piece all of those together. And I just was done with it and like tried to enjoy them, you know, in and of themselves. So when this came out, you know, I did the typical, like, got on YouTube and was oh, like, right. everything yeah. I need to know about WandaVision before. And there's, like, you know, dozens of these videos. Right. And I picked out one of those and, and tried to get up to speed. And um, and I think I did. I mean, I'm sure there are, like, Easter eggs that uh-huh. I'm not catching and I don't understand. It's... But I've, I've really really enjoyed it yeah it's, it's a good show i would definitely recommend it. if you're going to watch it watch the uh avengers infinity war and endgame that will there you go help you a lot um if you, you know, if you only watch two that's two disney plus see. is killing it i mean the mandalorian was absolutely incredible in my opinion yeah you know but but like wandavision you star need wars to, western you, you need to yeah yeah i mean you need to have some star wars back knowledge yeah right know? and and not only like it. the the films but you know they're making reference to like the cartoon. Um, yeah, I never got like into the cartoon. Rebels and Clone Wars, uh-huh. but uh, Lydia, uh, in particular, really liked the Mandalorian. Um, even even though she had to endure like me pausing sections and explaining like backstory things to her. Yeah, that's, uh, which she got annoyed with. But uh, we had the same <laughs> the same uh, dynamic uh, between Paige and I watching some of this stuff. So. Yeah, so uh, so the reason we're here, we can call this the um, we can call this the uh, Trace Crossing Film and Liturgy Society. Um, Ooh, nice. So we wanted to talk about liturgy. We, we wanted to spend some time, um, at least I wanted to, in the context of this episode, highlighting liturgy. As I, I told Josh, because it's something that we have and we use at, at Trace, but it's it was instituted before. 
I got here. It's always been, uh, it's always been present as our uh, way that we order our worship. Um, but it is not exactly something that um, we spend a lot of time explaining each week. So I just want to talk to Josh and highlight that uh, to help you understand why we do what we do in that. So the first question that I, I would just like you to um, answer for me is, what is a liturgy? Like, we'll just start with that general question. We'll, we'll get more specific as we go. Sure. So a lot of people, when they hear the word liturgy, um, they think of a sort of Roman Catholic mass, mm-hmm. you know, order of, of service, so to speak, or they, they think of, you know, smells and bells that you would find in a, a much more high church kind of environment. And that's what liturgy is. And, um, and, and while, while it's true that when, when we use the word liturgy, we are referring to the various elements of our service, the word itself is not just limited to, you know, you know what might be conjured in your mind when you think of like really high church context, like a, mm-hmm. you know, like a, a Catholic church or like an Episcopal church or something like that. Liturgy, the word literally just means like work of the people mm-hmm. or order of, order of service, really. It, it, it is um, a word that means this is what we are here to do. Right. What, what, what we show up to do and to engage in when we gather on Sundays, when we gather as God's people on the Lord's Day, as Christians historically have uh, mm-hmm. throughout history, uh, liturgy is just a word that literally means order of service. Right. You know, yep. what are the elements? And so in that sense, every church has a liturgy. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Cosper talks about that this in his book Rhythms of Grace, which I will highly recommend for anyone who's interested in mm-hmm. um, growing in their their understanding of um, you know what a rich gospel centric liturgy can be. But anyway, he talks about how every church has a liturgy. Mm-hmm. The question then is how helpful, how edifying, how um, gospel shaped is that is that liturgy is that order. Of service right yeah and so we've uh so I, I think what you said there at the end order of service is is kind of what most people are uh used to hearing and it, it's kind of interesting because i i would imagine for what i what little i know about how you know some of the high church settings work that they would when you when you say it's not limited to high church they would just like have their fingers like under their eye like pulling their eyes down in frustration <laughs> uh thinking about like you know uh barn churches you know baptist churches doing uh, a liturgy but so but why do we though um as as a baptist church who are more accustomed to hearing order of service what connotations like are there in liturgy that we're, we're picking up and trying to emphasize by using that word you know what's what's the purpose behind having a liturgy yeah well i think there's two things one is Historically speaking, with the way that services were crafted, um, at least with knowledge we have of how services were crafted throughout history, they did have an intentionality mm-hmm. uh, to the to the rhythm of them and a sort of progression that they were they were meant to take people through the story. Mm-hmm. They were meant to take people through uh, week in and week out, entering again into this story of acknowledging God and his greatness and his mm-hmm. holiness, uh, confessing our sins together in light of that, uh, being reminded of the assurance we have um, mm-hmm. in Christ that our sins have been forgiven. 
hearing instruction from the word on how to live right, believe rightly and live rightly as God's people, right. uh, being uh, blessed by a, by a reminder of God's promises and then being commissioned mm-hmm. out. And that's a very general way of putting it, but I mean, really, that's a sort of, uh, you know, a, a sort of broad sweeping way of describing how services, uh, historically speaking, were crafted uh, throughout history in the Christian church. And so that's one thing that we're trying to pull in, mm-hmm. um, you know, is is a more intentional way of planning that we hope is just a, a weekly robust way of, of helping people enter, enter again into that progression, into that story, much much like we see in Isaiah. And there's there's many examples throughout Scripture, but you think about the famous example of Isaiah mm-hmm. 6, and you see that exact progression play out where Isaiah has this vision of the greatness and holiness of God. Right. Um, you know, he confesses his sin, he's cleansed of his sin, he receives instruction from the Lord, and then he's commissioned to go do you know, mm-hmm. what, the, what the Lord has for him to do. So that's one thing is we want to see that intentionality play out, um, you know, week in and week out. But also we do believe there is, and this is the second thing, we do believe there is value in repetition. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so we don't just want to approach every Sunday as a clean slate and ask the question, well, what do we want to do this week, guys? Right. Like we want there, right. we want there to be repetition, not roteness, and we want to do right. our best to avoid a sort of rote, um, overly familiar uh, vibe to our services, but but we do see the value of, of repetition for the Christian life um, on Sundays as well as you know Monday through Saturday. But right. uh, you know we we want to provide that uh, so that we can we can help build people up um, in patterns and habits that just become second nature and natural to people. Mm-hmm. Whether right. it's prayer, um, you know, uh, whether it's a, a way of listening and hearing from the Lord, um, mm-hmm. you know, scriptures that they can call to mind, yeah. so on and so forth. Yeah, well, that's great, man, and I really appreciate hearing that. If I could summarize it, it kind of sounds like you're saying that in in our liturgy we need to have you know intentionality each week, you know, and uh, and making sure that the gospel is. Um, spelled out, you know, the story of the gospel and that, and we're commissioned intentionality to that. And then just, you know, repetition that we're doing it again and again and again. And hopefully that repetition can, uh, be mimicked by our members each week that we, we want to, um, in our Sunday morning worship and having, uh, the gospel, uh, told to us through our liturgy again and again and again, uh, do the same thing to ourselves throughout the week, you know, um, and our spiritual disciplines and yeah. And our understanding of, of the Lord. So yeah, that's, that's really great. Um, so, uh, in kind of analysis of that, I think we have enough time for this. Uh, we'll do it quickly. I'd like for us to just look through our own uh, liturgy and see the way that we try to play out the gospel each week. I'm pulling it up on my computer, so I'm kind of like vamping right now. Sure. I've got February 14th. Yes. That was a couple weeks ago. Do you want to pull that one up? Yeah. There Um, you go. Um, Yeah, we can can look at this. So our our service begins with a call to worship, um, welcome. Uh, So... 
Yeah, what, what, why do we begin with a call to worship the way we do, welcome, that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, sure. So in this first section, um, which we've called Revelation, and we've intentionally called mm-hmm. it that, because we don't want to begin doing anything uh, as a part of our worship services that does not begin first with remembering that God speaks to us right. um, before we have anything to do or say mm-hmm. uh, or sing or pray. God speaks to us first, and so we need to be reminded of how He's revealed Himself to us in His Word. And so that's why this yep. first section is called Revelation. It it really is meant to be uh, a sort of a, a a sort of I don't know. Um, it's the first step in recalibrating us to yep. remember that He is who we've gathered to worship, and here is what He's like. Right, and in in the same way, like Christian worship can't be Christian worship without the reminder that God speaks, because that that's the you know like our fundamental like assumption about the world that's that makes us different from say atheists is that we believe that god speaks right that's that's right how we have to begin anything um as christians absolutely and he has spoken to us and he speaks to us through his word and so we need to be reminded of that we like to put songs in this first section that Generally speaking, and, and by the way, with these sections, there's always overlap. You know, they're uh-huh. not tight um, in the sense that we want to be rigid with them because there's, you know, there's going to be right. gospel emphasis in the opening. And sometimes in the closing, there's going to be emphasis on the greatness of God. And so there, there's going to be overlap. But generally speaking, we want scriptures and songs that help us to remember who God is and mm-hmm. and what he's done. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that that's what we do in that opening section. Uh-huh. And and then we also have um I, I guess I can kind of speak for Matthew a little bit here, but um each week we have a time of, of welcome and we made the switch, I guess, probably about a year ago, maybe a little more, uh, away from like a hey, how y'all doing kind of welcome mm-hmm. and more of a we're wanting to set the the tone of this service is about the gospel each week and so that's i think what we try to emphasize yes. in the, the welcome then that's followed by uh that this particular week on february 14th we had a baptism that's where we normally do that um and then we have the pastoral prayer and passing of the peace um could you could you just elaborate why do we call it now the passing of the peace instead of a set up a greet one another time yeah passing of the peace is um is a fairly historical element that we have, or at least titling it that connects mm. us. And actually, I would say this reminds me, um, this this highlights a, a third reason, I think. We do what we do in terms of our liturgy, um, and, and we don't do it nearly as, um, you know, uh, I don't know, thickly. We don't lay it on nearly as, as thick right. as some other churches do. But we do have some elements that connect us to history and right. connect us to what Christians have done as they've gathered throughout mm-hmm. the ages. And so um, I think that's that's a third, probably not as important reason as the first two, but it, yep. is, a, it is a neat thing that we have various elements of, in, our, in our service, not to mention hymns that we sing that, are, that could be hundreds and hundreds of years old, but right. um, it's neat for us to gather and, and do so in a way that um, reminds us we stand in line with those who, who've come before. But anyway, passing of the peace is just a historic, um, and I think really rich way 
of saying we greet one another. It's biblical right. for us to greet one another um, in the Lord as God has greeted us. But we say passing of the peace because we, as we gather, are expressing the fact that we've been given peace with one another. Yep. That, that we, we have peace with God by the uh, atoning work of, of Christ on our behalf, and he's reconciled us to God. Right. But he's also reconciled us to, to one another. And I'm, I'm thinking Second Corinthians 5 and various verses that talk about how we're reconciled to God, but we've also been given the ministry of reconciliation. Right. And so that's yeah. a chance for us when we gather to celebrate and express that, which is why passing of the peace— um, it's not just a historic way of putting it, but it's a really rich way of putting the fact that we welcome one another. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we, we have our, our passing of the peace each week. Um, I will lump all of these into, well, yeah, all two of them. We each week have a public reading of scripture. Um, so we have that obviously in our, our first reading of scripture and then our, our sermon text reading. Um, what do you think the value is in having public scripture reading? I mean, you know, oh, yeah, well, the obvious that you already said before that we want to, you know, remember that God speaks and have that be sure, a central well, part of well, our worship. Paul encourages, um, he encourages Timothy to commit himself to the, the public reading of scripture. Right in the New Testament, and so we believe that uh, is inherently an important thing for us to do. Mm -hmm. um, and so we we do that in in a way that we hope connects to the sermon text somewhat thematically, uh -huh. um, but we also do that in a way that we want to offset what the sermon text is, whether it's New Testament or Old Testament. We want the public reading of Scripture to be the opposite of that. Right, and. Um, you know, we're, we are okay with there being a reading of scripture that may or may not come with any kind of, you know, explanation or application right. because yeah. we think there is inherent value in just reading the Bible right? and yeah. having our folks hear the words of the Bible read and trusting the spirit to do his work right through that. Yeah, that takes that takes some discipline sometimes to not explain. I remember uh, somebody read a passage, I think from Amos one day. It was just like like nine verses about locusts and <laughs> destruction. You know, yeah, and destruction. So yeah, and so um, they could have been heavy metal uh, lyrics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they could have. Um, all right, so we lead from there to um, we go from there to the our confession and prayer of confession and assurance of pardon. Um, that is a a pretty explicit gospel like time each week, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and and it's so uh, in keeping with the pattern and progression that you see throughout the scriptures, Old and New Testament, of God calling people to himself. You know, mm -hmm. I, I used the example of Isaiah earlier, and his confession in Isaiah 6 is is famous when he says, Woe is me, you know, for I'm a right. man of unclean lips, and I live amongst a people of unclean lips. Like, his response to the revelation of God immediately mm -hmm. is confession. I mean, right. he doesn't go straight from seeing who God is in all of his glory and holiness to... Uh, here am I, send me. Right. Which he does later. His initial response is, I'm a sinner. Uh, right. You know, in light of who God is, I'm reminded of who I am. 
And I mm. need to confess that. And we all as Christians need to confess that on a regular basis in our private lives, but also in our public life right. together. It's good for us when we gather and we mentioned earlier sort of rhythms that help us, you know, Monday through Saturday, um, kind of fall back on on things that are good disciplines for us and, and right. draw us closer to Christ. Well, confession is one of those. Yeah, you know, so it is an end in and of itself in in the service, but it's it's, it's also a means to an end mm-hmm. of edifying us and making us people who will be characterized by ongoing repentance. Right. Yeah. It's it's that dynamic of of in worship. It's a uh, it's a ministry to the Lord, you know, kind of in, in air quotes there, as in we are confessing, saying the same thing as the Lord, that we're, we're sinners and receiving that assurance of pardon. But it's also a, a benefit to ourselves and we, you know, receive as we're edified. Yeah, and um, a, a part of what makes it such a benefit, too, is that we confess um, so that our joy will be intensified. I heard someone right. say that one time. Um, and, uh, and and that happens as we are assured of the of the grace that we've been given of the pardon that we've been given by Christ right you know and uh you know it, it it's it's the the sort of the classic idiom you know you you can't know peace without war right right well you can't know the joy of being saved without remembering what you've been saved from right yeah and so it intensifies our joy as we confess and then we're reminded oh yeah i don't have to fear the wrath of god because mm-hmm. christ has endured that on my behalf Right, yeah. And so that begins the um, confession and assurance section, which actually is made up pretty much of the confession and assurance. Uh, sure. Then, then lead to a um, couple uh, times of, of congregational singing. And those songs, and, I should say, that we usually put in that section that flow from the assurance, that's normally when we're going to have songs that are the most explicit on the gospel. Right, That yeah. are the most explicit... Uh, on the grace of God poured out for sinners like yeah. you and me. And I know I'm, I'm pretty much asking you to um, like give a whole rationale for uh, like <laughs> for a lot of what you do each week and, and preparing to lead worship musically. But could you give me like the elevator pitch, uh, like 30 second to a minute uh, version of why congregational singing is important? Sure. Well, um, it's important because we're commanded to. Right. But (laughs) just like we're commanded to give and we do it because the Bible says to do it, we're commanded to give cheerfully. And so it's meant to be a loving response. Well, in the the Mm -hmm. same way, we're commanded to sing. And so we don't have the option not to because the Bible tells us to. Right. But Bible's also clear. You think about places like Ephesians uh, 5 and Colossians 3 talk about how we are built up as the word of Christ comes to dwell in us richly through our singing to one another. So yes, Mm -hmm. the word of Christ comes to dwell in us richly through the sermon and through various, uh, you know, uh, avenues of teaching in the church, Mm -hmm. but the word of Christ comes to dwell in us richly also through our singing with one another. I'll tell this very, very quick story, Uh um, to, to highlight this. I was listening to, uh, I think it was like an NPR, um, story years ago about uh, a woman who was caring for her mother who was in sort of the late terrible stages of, of Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and could barely remember her own name, often didn't recognize her, her own daughter who was caring for her. But uh, this lady who was talking about caring for her mother said at any moment, uh, at any point on any given day, 
her mother could sit down at the piano, could perfectly play and sing all of the lyrics of Amazing Grace. Mm, yeah. You know, the, the staying power of music, um, of the, the songs and the hymns that we sing, they have an effect on our hearts that we may not even realize. Yeah. Filling us with the word of Christ in a way that I think is unique and, and special. And so yeah. we have an opportunity to build one another up as we sing, as we hear one another sing in a way that is that is so unique and special, not only commanded, but it's just so edif- edifying for us. Yeah, that reminds me, I feel, I'm making this up, but nobody's gonna check me on it, so. Um, but I feel like I've heard a quote one time from, uh, from John Wesley that the theology of a congregation is not set by the preaching as much as it is the music um yeah which is probably an exaggeration but also um well somebody uh, more modern said and i can't remember who it is man we're quoting all kinds of people today <laughs> but i can't ever i can't remember who i'm quoting anyway as long as you know this didn't come from me uh somebody once said in that same vein um show me a church's songs and I'll show you their theology. Yeah. I bet we just quoted the same thing. <laughs> I bet, I bet that guy was quoting Wesley or something. And, and he's like, somebody wants it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. Sorry. Uh, something happened. That's okay. Uh, we, we had, we had deal. a, we had a congregant come in and uh, interrupt all of our pontificating. Yeah. Which I is know. good. That's good for us. That's, That's good for us to <laughs> be interrupted in that from yeah, time to time. It's, uh, yeah, it's definitely, it's um, pontificating gets a little old sometimes. I definitely prefer ministry to people than ministry to microphones. Uh, but but anyway. our services are a great ministry to people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to bring it right back in. <laughs> there we go. Uh, uh, we hope they are, I should say. that That is our hope through our, our liturgy is that it, it, it is a real ministry to people and, a you know, a, a honor and glory to God. So Yeah. And so picking up there, we were talking about congregational singing. I guess we had really, um, we had really finished that on mm-hmm. its purposes. And we moved to uh, proclamation. I don't think we have to go too detailed into what uh, the purpose of proclamation is each week. We, we want to make sure that um, scripture is not only read, but also expounded and preached um, in the record of uh, what we've seen as uh, what we see in scripture. Um, the word is taught and administered to people each week. Yeah. And I, I, I will say something though, just quickly about uh-huh. the sermon on Sunday. We believe it is, uh, it is unique and special right. and cannot be interchanged with really any other form of teaching that you can right. get, not on Sunday or on a podcast or, or right. you know, there is something, um, dare I say the word sacred, but, but almost sacred about um, sitting under the faithful preaching uh, of of the word on a Sunday morning in the context of a local church that cannot be substituted right. with anything else. That's that's what yeah. Even when I'm when I I'm teaching through the week, the, even the the manner in which I think about it is different. Like the the weightiness that I put to the preaching event is much higher because there's an errant uh, almost authority in that, uh, in that, that event because of its, um, its corporate nature. It's anyway, all of that kind of thing. Um, and the teaching, yes. sometimes I almost feel like take it or leave it depending on what I'm teaching and how, uh, central it is to our faith. Um, I would thing. never leave your teaching. Well, <laughs> I'm always going to take it, man. Um, well, and I appreciate that. I guess I can wrap because we got two things left that I, besides our, our, 
response in song, um, which is always, uh, you know, response to the words that's, that's been proclaimed. Yeah, if there is going to be a song that um, just ties most closely or more closely than the other songs to the sermon text and the preaching of that text, it's going to be the, we call it the closer. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like um. the... The, the closer is that song that is that can serve as a sort of exclamation point. Right. It gives us the opportunity to respond in a very specific way with very specific type of praise or commitment. And so on um, the preaching of Acts 4, 5 through 22 that happened on February 14th, where there is a reference to uh, Jesus being rejected right. as the cornerstone, we thought in Christ alone would be a great closer because there's even a line in that song that refers to Christ Mm -hmm. as the cornerstone. And so anytime we can very closely connect, um, and that goes for the other elements of the service as well. And in having a liturgy that is intentional and, um, and, and has categories each week, that is not to say we don't want the various elements of the service to be closely tied mm-hmm. to the sermon text um, as, as closely as we can. Right. But if there's going to be one that really hits home, it's that closer. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, I'm sure you, you wouldn't mind uh, with the, you know, closer and just like in, in baseball, you right. know, and at, when you, your closer comes in, um, once they've got the two outs, you know, everyone starts standing up and cheering. Like if we, in that last song, would start just cheering and clapping on the last stanza, that would be, uh, you know, I would love it. Perfect. Right. Personally, personally, I would love it. Um, (laughs) and I would say if the spirit compels you to cheer, (laughs) dance, to clap, you know, go for it. You know, we want people to, to feel free to, uh, to worship, uh, in the way that the spirit compels them, so long as it's you know not at the expense of uh, <laughs> the folks Actual around you. <laughs> yeah, yes, uh, this is where I put my like preacher voice on, and like y'all can go to a baseball game and send up a cheer, but you can't cheer for the closer in our service. Um, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's um, right. That's right. Yeah. Or you can you can get. You can get dressed up to go out to dinner on Friday night, but you come in here looking like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the last two things, like I said, I, I can wrap up with just because I normally um, handle those each week and just kind of uh, ended up falling that way um, with our giving and our announcements. Um, giving used to be a time where we would just, you know, we would we would huddle up as families and pray together, and um, that became not as much a thing during uh the pandemic and so we we switched a little bit there but i I like what we switched to um in our weekly reminder uh that giving is not just an event where we um drop off a check or where we we give but it um is a reminder each week of the way which the lord has blessed us and which we give in response and it's a vital part of worship it's not it's not merely a um way to keep the lights on you know so i uh have appreciated that the switch that we kind of made and then um with our announcements of benediction um this section is labeled commission and i i think it's kind of interesting um i'm probably shoehorning here but our, our announcements we do hope is a time for people to understand the ways that they can be involved in the life and service of our church um and so we, we don't even consider that to be a throwaway element to our, our no service. and it, it was also happening it's evident in the new testament that um you know news was shared Right. You know, and announcements were given as the church gathered, and so right. it's it's uh, 
you know, I, I don't think it's prescribed necessarily for churches yeah. to have to give announcements on Sunday, but I certainly think that's there for us as an example um, in, in the scriptures. It's good for us uh, to, you know, like you said, remind people of how they can be uh, involved in the community and right. involved in the life of the church. And it does serve that purpose of now that you've been poured into, now that we've poured into one another, let's already... Um, now, as we're at the end of our service, start to think about how you can pour into others, how right. you can yeah. take what you've gotten that day, so to speak, and, you know, let it play out in your life. Right, exactly. And so um, in, in that, you know, we, we don't want even this, this announcement section to be a, hey, you left your lights on kind of afterthought to the service. We want this. This is uh, I'm probably telling on myself. I, I watched a comedian one time. I won't say who it was because you can't you know, like recommend stand-up comedians uh, because anyway, uh, the obvious. But um, I remember at one point he was um, kind of just on stage and like transitioning from like uh, one side of the stage to the other. And he started just like dancing across the stage and was like, can't waste any moment. Every moment is a comedic opportunity, and, you know, and <laughs> uh, as he danced across the stage and it, it it's kind of reminds me of that like we we don't want any element of our service to just be a you know like transition period or throw away time um but anyway we end with our benediction where we um hopefully uh give a final reminder of the grace of the lord and his commission on us to go and be what the church has called us to be matthew likes to use the language of gathered and scattered and this is the transition point where the church gathered is dismissed and we become the church scattered to go be the church throughout our city so yeah and the scripture is full of benedictions i mean right. we have that example for us as strongly um sort of represented in the scriptures as we do almost any element in mm -hmm. our service, you know, you look at the way that the Apostle Paul will often end his letters and, and, right. and end those books. There's always some kind of a benediction or blessing or charge, right? And uh, and so we we believe that's a good thing for us to do as well. And yeah. and uh, and that's also another historical element that we have, like right churches throughout history have closed their service with a scriptural benediction. Right, absolutely. Well. I've appreciated the chance to talk to you. This is uh, this has been helpful outside of me just um, you know shooting from the hip on all of this myself uh, to speak to you since you spend so much time with this each week. Oh, it's been great, and and I would also say for anybody listening, never hesitate to um, email me, text me, call me, or find me on a Sunday and ask a question about something you you don't understand in our liturgy or something you've been wondering about. Um, or if you hear a song that really blesses you and you want to recommend, like we are always open to growing in the way that we put together these services in a way that we hope serves you and gives you an opportunity to serve others and serve the Lord, um, you know, with your presence here. <laughs>